This is it. It's a healthy obsession, the weekly show with some new flavour for you here. Myself, Adam Thelwell, and we are in the building and we are going to kick it off. We are talking about the Premier League roundup from this week's action. We are talking about this week's hot topic, which is the dark art of football and everything that that entails. The first five minutes of the show is basically us talking about kiwi fruits, which is a bit weird, so you might want to skip over that or listen if you'd be so inclined to talk about fruits and the persuasions of eating them. Anything else, Tom? No, that's fantastic. That's Let's it. do it. Let's kick it off. So I was, at, I was at the supermarket and some a piece of fruit I haven't eaten for ages was, and I, I don't like the texture of them, but was a kiwi fruit. Like, do you remember the last time you had a kiwi fruit? Have you ever had a kiwi fruit? Yeah. I saw one at the shop a couple of days ago and I haven't had one for so long, I forgot they existed. Have you got any food or like stuff like that that you've ever, you just forget is a thing? It's a very weird scenario. Is there a food? Yeah. <laughs> I forget it was a thing. Yeah, like I forgot kiwi fr- fruits were something people ate or... It was like a pleasant surprise. You're like, oh, that's... Yeah, I didn't buy one. Oh, you... No. Do you, what, do you, you like... What do you just look at it? And, oh, that's nice. It's a kiwi and just carry on. It just freaks me out a little bit. It's like this furry little thing in the middle of the fruit <laughs> yeah, section. They are furry. It's weird. Strange fruit. Do you like them? You know what I've always thought is funny? is like who... Everything that we eat, at some point, someone was the first person to be like, I'll have a go on that. Yeah, so some guy... Some like, guy bit into that through the... Because you don't eat the skin, oh. do you? Some guy ate it with the skin on and was like, oh, that's terrible. But the outside bit wasn't good, but maybe the inside was good. That, like a banana, who was the first man that took a bite out of a banana? was like, oh, God. With the peel. Yeah, with the peel on it. That's, that, someone did that. Well, no, nah, because someone I've just been watching a monkey eat a banana and copied what the monkey was doing. How did a monkey know to peel it? Was that smart? Smarter than us. Wait a minute, someone was, so your, your belief is that someone saw a monkey. <laughs> it was like, oh, if he's doing it, I should do it. There's a lot of things oh. monkeys do that I don't think humans should oh, do. Fuck's sake. Well, and a kiwi fruit is just some guy <laughs> in an island somewhere. And so where do kiwis grow? On trees? Yeah, I think they must, they must come off a tree. Because they can't come out of the ground. <laughs> Pineapples come out of the ground. Like potatoes. Pineapples come out of the ground, don't they? Yeah, they do that. It's, that's that blew my mind when I was, I was in yeah. Hawaii once. And someone was like, there's a pineapple farm. And I was like, what? I thought they were like coconuts where they come out the top of a tree. But, but that's even like, <laughs> ki- ki- imagine if kiwis <laughs> grew in the ground and there's like potatoes, but they're like sweet potatoes. But not sweet potatoes, but like kiwis. the sweet version of potatoes. A kiwi is... This is going weird. Bad start to the show. Terrible start to the show. Is it the worst start to a show ever? It's up there. It's all, it's, is it getting worse? You're supposed to get better. <laughs> you're supposed to get better at stuff as you go along. Aren't you? No, but I, I thought about it because I thought about we on the podcast we talk for oddly talk about food and supermarkets a lot for a football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I was in the shop the other day. Don't worry about which shop I was in. I was in the shop and I saw kiwi fruit and it, I thought I wonder if Tom eats kiwis. I don't. Do you like them? They're all right. You wouldn't go and buy a kiwi fruit though. No, I can't say I do. I only buy one fruit and it's a banana. You eat you eat kiwis in a funny way as well. You just like get a spoon in yeah, it. Yeah, you chop the top of it and eat it's it like, like a, a yogurt. Cup. It's like a little cup. Odd. Very odd. Ah, so get in touch if you like kiwi fruits or have any input on kiwi fruits or, as a fruit. Or any odd fruits. Or if you want to know more about Tom's fear of foam. 
Oh, I hate that. <laughs> For some reason, Adam's put a foam covering over the microphone today, and I can't. I hate sponges. I hate foam. It's it like makes my skin crawl. It like yeah. gives me goosebumps. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, so that's a rational fear of foam and uh, indifference about kiwi fruit is yep. what we've learned in the first five minutes of the show. We are flying. How's the rest of your life going? It's really good. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Well, apart from that. This is my Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. this is what we've resorted to talking Com- about some intellectual shit. sports conversation. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you consider what we talk about intellectual sports conversation? Yes. Has anyone ever said that to you about our show? Although people quote the show, so that means it must be sort of intellectual. Actions speak louder than words. Do they? In some circumstances. All circumstances. All circumstances actions speak louder than words. Yeah, fair enough. Talk is cheap. So, Although our talk isn't cheap. No, it's expensive. It's free. It's, exp- it's actually free. <laughs> free. Yeah. It's because cheap would imply that people are paying for it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, how's your life going? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah moving. Moving. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Uh, it was a weekend filled with football. Not playing, but watched some... We had some... Uh, Sunday league finals going down, which were all really good. So yeah. it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to watch those games when you're not playing because you realize how like petty a lot of the time we are when we're playing over what's seemingly like a hobby and should be just like fun and watching people get so wound up over uh, amateur football is amazing. I absolutely love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for the pettiness. like it. Yeah. So those games were good. That was my weekend, just football. Football, we had a disco-themed party at my house on Saturday night, which was really interesting. As you can see, there's a disco ball still up. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm into it. I, I hate disco as well, but it was still it was enjoyable. You don't like disco? I hate disco. Why? It's the worst genre of music ever. Why? No, it's, it's awful. I like disco. I'm not happy. Su- I'm happy not music. surprised about that. Happy music, mate. I'm not, not surprised you like disco. You can you see, see yourself in like a 70s disco, like swinging no. your hips with some flares on? No. I mean, no? I, I'm, I'm good in all walks of life. Disco is not somewhere I'd want to be. It's not the era of music I would want to be involved in. All right. But you, uh, you, I see you as a disco guy. You can take the disco ball home with you. I, I, might, should, I might just do that. Actually, just Pam on before. No, I was going <laughs> to say. I'd give, I'd give in all the decorations. <laughs> away. So, so what about you? What's, what's happening in football? You've got me, actually, I'm not even going to get down there. I'm going to go back to the Kiwi thing. Oh, You've got me going sake. here. That interesting. So you're talking no. about Sunday league and that, and Saturday yeah. league. Do you remember like when you're growing up, like or even like non-league football, they used to have like a tray of oranges at halftime. Yes, oranges mm-hmm. or like some people like little like snacks because people always used to take like a little thing that gives them a boost of energy, right? So like, what was your go-to? Like, let's say it's your your bass play a game and you feel a little bit low on energy. Like, what do you do? I've seen people like nowadays they drink a Red Bull before they play, which is mental. Yeah. Um, Five-hour energy. What's the modern version of like instead of a cup of tea and an orange at halftime? In the UK, I would always go and get a Lucas Aid before mm-hmm. I played football. But that became almost more like a ritual type of thing yeah. than me needing actually it for needing energy because I was also young, so I had naturally had energy. Yeah. But I'd always get a Lucas Aid and I'd always get a Mars bar after the game. After the game, yeah, yeah but <laughs> that was when I was younger. Now I, I don't, I've never got into any of that stuff. I'm not an energy drinks person. I've never been one for like Red Bulls or Monsters, yeah. and it's just not. I don't like the taste of it. I think it tastes horrible. So I don't. I know. I noticed a couple of guys eating um, 
like gels. Yeah. You know, like that, gel packs. That, yeah, before the games, I've seen that. That's just an expensive version of like a sugary candy. Whenever right. I see stuff like that, Tom, all I can think is just a market yeah. employee. None of it's actually, it's just sugar in a packet, yeah. but reformatted, whether it's like Gatorade or like this little brand. Yeah. So it's, it's really just a market employee to get people to buy sugar. You've seen anything really weird at halftime of a game? Uh, good question. I've seen a lad, I will not name him, but uh, a lad that I used to play with, English guy, and he used to have a smoke, and I saw him drinking out of a box of wine at halftime. <laughs> how, at how was his second half performance? It was the most, oh, brilliant. Yeah. It was actually good was football, good. so we could get away with it. But, <laughs> but it was cracking on a bit as well. Like, yeah. it wasant young, but he would, he would have... C- cigarette, and some bo- cigarette and some box, a wine. Cigarette, a box of wine. Who's bringing a box of wine to football? That's just who he was. Yeah. With, like, a handle? Yeah. It was unbelievable. I, at half time, I couldn't do that. I'd be sick everywhere. But, uh, Can you imagine that? You look over and the opposition is slapping the bag. Mm. Like, did you ever slap the bag of wine? Yeah. Slapping yeah, the bag. Slapping yeah. the bag. So, so I, that, was, that was quite an interesting choice of beverage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't think of anything before the game besides, you know, someone being sick because they've been at the pub. <laughs> what about you? Cool. you? You've got you got one bit you like to drink or anything you want before? No, nah, I used to I used to always do like a little couple of cubes of um just like Cadbury's chocolate. Okay, yeah. Get like a little bump. There's a, a lad on our team, well a friend of the show, Dino, and yeah. he has I think a bag of Skittles. Bag of Skittles. Every game. Maybe yeah. not Skittles, Starburst or something like something that like anyway. That. He has yeah. a, a bag of sugar before the game and about eight Red Bulls. So yeah. he's a believer in the, uh, the the energy high. I think and there's something in it. Speak, speaking of snacks, I don't know if it was going to come up later on the show, but you've got some beef with American chocolate and uh, potato chips or crisps or have chips, you'd call them, right? Chips. Yeah, well, we are very much on the food at the beginning of the show today, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, we'll I did while I was angry. I swear if you got you came here for football, we are going to talk we'll get about football in a minute. We've got to get through, we've got to go through this counselling session. Right, this is a grind my gears. This is a yeah, right. Fraser LeVay. Yeah, yeah, friend of the show. Sort of. No, acquaintance of the show. Previous. Not anymore. Ex-podder. Ex-podder. Yeah, I don't even think he listens to the podder. Nah, I think he's turned it off now. <laughs> he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't heard any of the abuse right. he's taken. So, no, I was getting a bit wound up the other day. We're, uh, again, at the shops. Like, the crisp or chip selection in America is quite unimaginative. Mm-hmm. Unimaginative. It's, it's very in-depth in the UK. Like there's just here you millions just have, of types. You of should have like very average flavors, mm. or, and they're all like the same. Like tortilla chips. How many different brands of tortilla can like chip can you have? A tortilla chip's a tortilla chip. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Like they've got all these different tortilla chips, and then they've got all this just regular chips. Tortilla there's chips no, there's no, hard, aren't they? I quite like. I quite like a tortilla chip. No, tortilla chips are good, but if you, but you, what you just said though is like, why is the why are they all different? But but it is the thing that I always grinds my gears is that it's like mammoth picnic size family bags whereas yep. in the uk it's like yeah. 20p for a small bag, mini bags a mini bag and it's such good variety single servings Ooh, hula hoops are good hula hoops yeah i'm not a big fish person but i do like skips skips are good. Corn cocktail, yeah. aren't they? Corn cocktail yeah. um you've got monster munch quavers quavers yeah go on what have you got Ooh. space invaders are good yeah remember those you put them on your fingers like rings do you remember discos discos are good Ooh. yeah what else we got Walkers, I like Walkers. Walkers are good. Yeah. She's Lay's. Cheese and Owen. Remember when Cheese they did the, and Owen football, football brands. Yeah, they did the football players, didn't so, they? Salt and Lineker. Salt and Lineker, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, Chris, you hate chocolate, same thing. Chocolate's rubbish as well. Chocolate's rubbish. No I, imagination. I think everything's got, bought Cadbury's as well. Everything's got bloody peanut butter in over it. Yeah, everything's yeah. Pe- why is it such a big peanut butter market? Americans love peanut butter. I don't know why. Do you like peanut butter? No, not really. You don't like it? 
Sorry. Apparently a good pregame snack, going back to that, or a like good of, energy full boost. Full protein. It's like a slow boost. Uh, almond bar as yeah. well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But so that grinds your gears. Yeah, I guess under my skin that. Should we talk about football? Yeah, Premier League. Let's go. Do we have to start with Spurs though? Because I actually did. I actually did get a message, and it was, "Why do you always talk about Spurs?" Because the top of the league. You always talk about the team that's top of the league, don't you? Uh, Isn't that a relevant point? Well, you're not top of the league. You're joint top. Well, no, we're top of the league on goal difference, so that puts us top. I'd say that you joined top. Top. Okay. All right. So we won't start with Tottenham then. Why no, we won't. We, why, why don't we start with a team that's probably going under the radar a little bit, but I think they are playing extremely well, and it's probably to their benefit that not anyone's talking about them with any serious credential talk. It's Chelsea. So they got a big win at the weekend, 3-1 over Leeds. Yeah, quietly flying under the radar, to be did, fair. Did, did you watch the game? Saw the highlights. Yeah. Um, went 1-0 down early, but they, they were in control of the game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good going forwards. Just just a lot of creativity. They're very quick. They've got pace. They've got quality in the right areas. And they've got a ton of depth in the squad. They obviously spent a lot of money this summer. Yeah. And it's, and it's showing because um, they've got so much depth. But, I mean, you, you look across the board, you know, Giroud scored four in the Champions League last week. I put it in the group text on Saturday after the Chelsea, when Chelsea scored, when Giroud scored, and I thought every time he plays, he scores a goal. Goal He's always in such good positions. And I heard the commentator say he's France's highest goal scorer ever. Really? How's that possible? Brilliant. Over who? Like Platini, Henri. Henri. Right, like, quality footballers. Yeah, so uh, maybe maybe a guy that doesn't really get all the headlines because he was Arsenal. He was a bit part player. He's been a bit part player at Chelsea, but scores uh, goals. And did, he did score four, yeah. Scored four, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then he three. scored again on the weekend. Mm-hmm. He's uh, so, so, and that's not their go-to guy. No, at the moment it should be. But interesting that he, it helps Chelsea because they can play in a completely different style when he's the, the focal yeah. point of the attack. He, he gives them an aerial threat as well. He's so good in the air. Um, yeah, interesting one. He'd probably be better suited if he was back at Arsenal because they're putting a million crosses a game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. Now, Chelsea, I'm interested to see Lampard if he manages it throughout the course of the season. He, he for me, is the make or the break in that squad. Lampard? Yeah. Really? I really do think it's him. I think he's going to be... This is a test for him, like, obviously. But has he got the character? Has he got the focus? Is it, can he deal with the pressure? Because if, if it becomes a race between him and Mourinho, him and Spurs, and even Klopp in there, I think this could be the year where the head games come back in, which I'm excited about because Mourinho's already playing them. Um, and and that's a, those are two guys, Klopp and Mourinho, that you are now like, – they've got the experience. They've won titles. They've been there. Can Lampard fit into that conversation? Very well, interesting. And Klopp's already started in his own way anyway because yeah. his, his mind games have started with the siege mentality of yeah. everyone's against us. Mm-hmm. Let's blame everyone else for everything. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Liverpool a bit more, but they're, they're uh, I mean, quietly going about their business as well. It's a, the Chelsea and Liverpool it's both funny. sort of been like, well, I don't think they're going to win the league, but they're, they're both still picking up points. Right. They're right. picking up wins left and right. It's mad. Everyone's talk, nobody's talking about Liverpool. It's like, oh, Liverpool are having a bad season. Well, they're, they're joint top. And in the last 16 of the Champions League already. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've just won 4-0. Cruising. Big, big 4-0 win. So, look, before we move off Chelsea and Leeds, what did you make of Leeds' performance? Uh, they're they're going to be a mid-table team. They're That's just be where right. they're at. They'll, they'll pick up enough points to yeah. be comfortable. Um, everyone was excited about them at the beginning of the season. I still think they're a good team to watch. I just I said it at the beginning. You go back on the podcast. I, I just don't think they've got enough 
no. to consistently win games and compete at that top level week in, week out. They're going to be a team that will they'll upset Man City and then they'll lose to Wolves. And then they'll upset someone else and they'll lose to someone else. They're going to be inconsistent because of the nature of the way they play. Mm. So, uh, And uh, finally on the Chelsea game, exciting that Pulisic are back in the squad and uh, back scoring. Yeah, yeah. Good little, good little actual goal. To be fair, yeah, nice finish. Good, good finish. Controlled. You um, on the US front, actually three, three big goal scorers on the weekend. Yeah, Pulisic obviously scored the third against Chelsea, yep. and Reina, uh, Reina. Reina with a brilliantly headlined thunder bastard. <laughs> I love that one. Is that your, is that the favorite de- definition of a goal ever? It might be my new favorite definition of a goal. He scored a thunder bastard. A thunder bastard, and it was a thunder. He absolutely bastard. smashed it. It's funny too because he looks quite uh, like slender sort of person, and he hits a shot like that, and it's just like bang, bashed it. So yeah. they, they drew one one, which is obviously a very important goal for the club. Yeah, important goal for him as a young man. Um, so yeah, Gio Reyna sort of shining, and then uh, McKinney over at uh, Juventus on loan from Schalke. Which is crazy that Schalke would let him go out on loan and he's starting for Juventus. Um, but he bagged, bagged uh, a goal that got him back into a game. They come back 1-1 and then uh, equalised and then 1-2-1 against Torino? Yeah, Torino. Torino, yeah. 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 So, so a big weekend for the US soccer uh, plug there. A couple of years ago, if one of those players scored, it would be massive news. And three of them now scoring in, in the major leagues. That's a Premier League top team. Yeah. German top team. And Juve have won, what, nine titles in a row. So that, that's... Performing at the highest level. That only bodes well for the national team here. Do you think it's happening? Do you think it's happening in the run-up to the 2026 World Cup here in the US? Quietly. Would you say that the US would come win this World Cup in, when it's here? I don't think there's ever a team going into a World Cup that I say there's never a favourite for me in a World Cup. The really isn't. It's normally like there's four or five teams mm-hmm. that could win it. I never think there's like, that's the team to beat. Right? Uh, I would say the only exception in my lifetime was Spain, when Spain were amazing. Yeah, them going into the 2010 and the 2012 Euros, it was like no one's going to beat them. They're no, I, d- I don't know about the 2010. I think the 2010 yeah, was, was when they kind of came out mm. because they, they, after that, yes. But that was their breakout tournament, wasn't but it? That was, but that was like the, the, the absolute like peak of Barcelona's powers. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. like they had just won the Champions League twice. Yeah. They were at the very pinnacle of their powers yeah. at that moment. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, those tournaments are always, there are a few teams that you think going into it. Could the US cause an upset and get to a semi-final? Yeah, I think that's possible. I read it. Exciting times. So jump, jump back to the Premier League real quick. So... Uh, we'll touch on this because it was the derby game of the weekend with uh, Tottenham Arsenal. So talk us through this. I know you can't wait to fucking yeah. go on about it. So strange one, really, because you know you look at that and you think that'll be a big game, but it's first against fifteenth, isn't it, mate? So really, uh-huh. it was a routine game that you should win. You should beat the team that's fifteenth in the league. It's, so it's never, it's never got to this point where a derby match was so heavily favoured I think with people just yeah. not fancying Arsenal at all unbelievable yeah So as a Spurs fan I was still nervous mm. because that's a Spursy game to go and lose yeah, for sure. um, but I think it's funny because you, you look at the way Arsenal set up and everyone will talk about they had 70 odd percent of the possession they put in a million crosses into the box they were in control of the game apparently but, but I think they played right into Spurs hands anyone that plays Spurs know they want to sit in absorb pressure and hit you on the counter. And Arteta set him up. He had both fullbacks pushed on. Both goals were in transition, counter-attacks. 
which just I, d- I don't think he set him up to have a chance in the game. I, I would have played if you look at the week before. Chelsea did not play that way. Chelsea sort of sat and it was a chess match that game, but they got a result. Arsenal, he, he set him up wrong. I think he's it was naive from an Arsenal perspective. Well, and Spurs, were, um, I mean. The two goals we scored were ridiculous. Well, I was going to say a couple of standout moments from the game were the goals. Yeah. Obviously, Son's goal was unbelievable. So another interesting talking point was uh, Partey uh, had a bit of a nightmare. So t- tell us, yeah. uh, tell us what you've been thinking I, about that. I want to come. I want to come back to that one a little bit, but it okay. was. Uh, I mean, he's he's. It's just a bizarre moment. Play, player walks off the pitch when he's injured, in play right before half time. Uh, yeah, for me, we'll, we'll come back to that because that was just a, a ridiculous point for me. Yeah, it was It was absolutely like, if you're that his manager, your manager has to shove you back onto the field. It's shameful, absolutely shameful. So another interesting talking point was at the end of the game where Mourinho basically just threw all the shade in the world over Arteta. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about with Lampard. Mourinho is in gear right now. He's yeah. actually, he's in, he's in, he's in championship mode. He yeah. wants to... He can see a chance to win it and he's doing everything he can. So it was funny. He just, he's making the comments about Arteta after the game. And I think he said something along the lines of, you know, basically that Arteta is, you know, he's, congratulations to him because the game was so hard and they tactically challenged us and they're organized and they gave us problems to figure out. I'm like, basically, he doesn't think that. He's saying that because that's going to keep Arteta in his job for a little bit longer. And that's what he wants because it keeps the boys down the road in a tough spot, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and Arteta kind of went counter to that where he, well, popular opinion about Arsenal anyway, but he said that he thought they played well, they showed character and personality and they only conceded two shots and lost the game. And it's, is he just ducking out a little bit and it's not taking responsibility? Yeah, I think so. I think, listen, it's a hard one because we've talked about it before. We're talking about giving managers long-term time to develop teams and build cultures and build their philosophy and stuff. But also, I, I believe that you have to set you have to find success with the players you have. Put the players you have in a scenario where they can win. And I don't think he's doing that with the players he's got. I think he's setting them up for failure. Why? Why is he? They, they only had two shots on target the whole game, by the way. Yeah. So talking about Spurs only having two on target and scoring both. Great. We created maybe maybe not even better chances. One of them for sure. But but they put the ball in the box. I think they had something like fifty something crosses. Aubameyang has only scored three goals with his head. Well, yeah. So, and you're playing like you've got Giroud in your team still. So. Why are you yeah. going to keep banging across it? You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So he talks about oh, his great style of play. I don't think he's looked at his squad and said, what's the best way to get these players to win? What's going to get the max out of that, that potential? So, Rob Holdings just said they need a bit of luck. I love it because it's Arsenal, but if that was one of my players, I'd be fuming. He said, oh, we just need one to hit someone's foot and go in. If that's where your starting centre-back has got to mentally, where he thinks, oh, our only problem is we need a bit of luck, I think you're in big trouble. Because when you're down, luck doesn't come your way. You've got to make your own luck. And I just want to point out here, in the running order, you've put Mourinho over Pep. So would you like to elaborate on that, Thomas? Well, we beat City 2-0 okay. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then we've just beaten Pep's little prodigy, Arteta, 2-0. Um, and I think just in general, I think Mourinho is a winner where Pep is a philosopher. So you would take Mourinho over Pep? Yep. Okay. Right now or just like 
as as a whole, uh, uh, like a management uh, as style as a whole, you would rather Jose Mourinho than Pep Guardiola. I just want to get you recorded saying this. Why stand by your words? Oh no 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 no! I am fully on board with this. Mourinho, Mourinho has done it at all the levels. Mm. He's won. Pep can only win with a certain type of player, with a budget, with a squad like that. And and I think Mourinho has been able to win with teams that are underdogs, with teams that are in different countries. He's done it everywhere. Mm. Pep's like, it has to be the the perfect storm or a perfect environment for him to pull it off. He can't even win the Champions League with City, and he's had all the money in the world to spend. So you think he's a fraud? I think he's a little bit fraudulent. So Maradona's a fraud, Guardiola's a fraud, and Mourinho's king supreme. Genuine. Didn't he go back a few months on this show and say Mourinho was out of his depth or something like that? Like it, was, it wasn't the right fit for doesn't, the job? Doesn't sound like me. Yeah, doesn't yeah. sound like me at all. All right, okay. Well, listen, we're going to take a really quick break. After we come back, we're going to finish talking about the Premier League. Got hot topic coming out, final thoughts, loads of good stuff. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Halftime Kiwi. Back, second half, time to kick it off. Tommy, kick us off. Oof. What was that? Let's kick it off like Arsenal did against Spurs. You, see, you didn't see the kickoff, did you? No, I didn't see it. Arsenal took kickoff and they kicked it straight out for a throw in by accident. Just over here, pass straight out of bounds. Brilliant. If that doesn't summarise Arsenal Football Club right now, I'm not sure. I, what it's funny that that happens. I was joking with a, I'm doing a coaching course at the moment, and uh, a couple of lads on the course were having a joke about philosophies. And I was like, you know, what's wrong with a direct philosophy if it works and you score goals and, like, that's a plausible version of the game. Like, right. you shouldn't have to play Pep Guardiola football, Barcelona football, to be a good football team. Mm. And uh, I was joking. I was like, you know, I'm just going to have my team just straight from kickoff, just smash it out of bounds. The other team it's just going to have mentally just like, oh, what are they doing here today? Just kick it as high and as far as you can, out of bounds on the halfway line <laughs> and just sort of like set up like really tight and compact, like, come on, <laughs> like the mentality. That's a statement from kickoff. Anyway, so I, I was saying that on Friday night and then obviously on Sunday, um, Arsenal inadvertently did the same. As a side note, as a coach or even as a fan of a football team, do you think that the psychological part of what a team does from kickoff, so let's say, for example, you immediately kick the game off and you try and go forward right away. So a lot of teams do that now where the ball will go back and they're knocking the ball into, yards yeah, into, their half. into the corner, you know, just, just to put pressure on them immediately. Do you think there's something next? I watch a lot of teams and they'll roll back all the way back to the keeper from kickoff. I'm just like, what are you doing? There's, there's organized, uh, almost like a set piece from a kickoff now, in yeah. my opinion. Hmm. I, I, I have a structured kickoff with some of my teams. You like to go on the front foot early? Yeah, I want to play in their half. So just set the tone. Uh, 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 especially early in a game because chances are players aren't quite up to speed. Maybe they have a slow start. Spurs did it a couple of years ago at Wembley against Man United. Um, from kickoff, we scored after like 20 seconds. That's right. And it was a long ball straight onto, I can't think of who it was. And we won the second ball and scored straight off it. Why did you have to bring that up? It's just a great example. Honestly. But, um, but I like it. I think because mistakes happen. I want to make, I want, listen, rather than put myself at risk of a mistake in my half, let's see if you make a mistake in your Especially right at the beginning of the yeah. game when people are slow to come out of the traps. Yeah. I, I can't remember who it was. I watched this weekend and from the kickoff, it went back to the centre-back, to the right-back and back to the goalie. 
in the first sort of 15 seconds. And I thought, that's just a statement of intent. Like yeah. you just, but, but I guess if your game plans to park the bus and sit back, but it's like definitely a, a psychological thing where it's like, well, we know they're not, but if you go direct straight into them in the first 15 seconds of the so, game. So, so my personal, if, if, I'm, if it's a, a game where you've been able to scout the opposition and you have an awareness of what they are, I'll often figure out who the, we call them the victim. So who's the player in the back four that's, you know, maybe weak in the air or a little bit nervy or have kind of prone to, mis- prone to mistakes and put it on his head off kickoff. Put it on, or, or, or ping it at him hard and low into his feet and see how he, if his bad first touch or like test him early in the game. And then it can, it can be a statement straight off the bat. Do you think you have ever been identified as the victim? Never. <laughs> The speed in which you answered the question, tell me you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and if I took my time, you'd say, oh, yeah, he's thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah, do I have to think if I've been identified as the victim? I remember I played in a decent game once, like a a reasonable level, and I was playing left back. And I was like, played striker and the right winger out all the way on the left of the pitch. (laughs) <laughs> that was the hardest game of football I've ever played in my life. There's nothing worse than on like a Sunday league game when you identify who the weakness is in the opposition and everyone knows it. And it's like, get after their left back, he's <laughs> yeah. rubbish. He's slow. Yeah, We've had that yeah. a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah, One yeah. of our lads got yeah. <laughs> called out. Yeah. We won't go there. But yeah, we won't go yeah. there. Harsh. So let's jump back to the Premier League <laughs> real quick. So we, no, yeah. So there's no slander or yeah. libel on the show. So, uh, you know, Man United and West Ham was another... Uh, no, I won't even say it was a big game, <laughs> but you know, wait, why aren't United? Why in the conversation you said about Chelsea going quietly about their business? That's five. Oh, how many wins on the road for United? Five away wins in a row, and in all five games, you were losing to start. That's right. Which is a strange stat because I'm not sure if that's a stat you want to own or you don't want to own because the way you spin it, you could say that's great because we've got resolve away from home and we come from behind, but also why are you going behind five times in a row on the road? Gary Neville summarized it best in Sky Sports coverage. He said that not only are United inconsistent game to game, he said they're inconsistent half to half. Is like they, they're two different teams. Check Again, and, and against West Ham, this was the perfect example. Yeah. The first half of that game, United should have easily been 2 0 down, maybe more. That They missed a great yeah. opportunity at 1 0. And I thought, this is just brutal. This is not going to end well. Because you couldn't see where it was coming from for United. And Solskjaer said after the game, he wanted to rest Fernandez and Rashford, who he had to bring both of them on. And they both changed the game. Bizarre mentality. I get he has to rest them. And I think that's a insight into how shallow we talk about Chelsea having depth United's shallow depth they haven't got much beyond the starting 11 no. and you very interesting that you would leave both out at, at the same time because I think United without Fernandez and Rashford that's a you're taking a, a big chunk of the team there especially Fernandez I, I mean I would argue with anyone that he is if not He's had the most impact of any player that's been signed in the last year. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's, he's, Two years, three years, his, four years. His stats are absolutely insane. Yeah. His assists and goals. He's doing something in every match. He's a heartbeat in the team. Yeah. So, so obviously, 1-0 down. He does bring him on second half, mm. and the game completely changes. By the way, what I finished from Mason Greenwood. That boy's yeah. special. He's still a teenager. Good football. Uh, yeah, right foot, left foot. I mean, he's, he's already a player. I mean, his, his goals, the number of goals he's scoring already, and it's exciting to see him in, uh, in, in good form. You're right. United's slowly under the radar, competing. I think they're not in the conversation because of the squad depth, especially if they win this week in the Champions League and they're going to the quarterfinals. 
I don't know they've got enough depth to, like you say, he had to rest them on sun, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday yeah, against Saturday. West Ham because yeah. he felt like he had to because they played the Champions League on Wednesday, play again Saturday, play again, what, Tuesday this week, I imagine. Yeah, and, and we so, got City at the weekend. Exactly. Yeah, so at the weekend. I, I just think over time, he's going to have to rest those players or there's going to be injuries. Yeah. And at what point is it that that costs you? Where mm. you're not playing West Ham with all respect to West Ham, you're playing someone better and it is 2-0 or 3-0 at halftime against a quality team. Well, and look, it happened to us against PSG. Yeah. It happened. If, it you, if we play like that against Leipzig or City at the weekend, we'll get homes. Yeah. Right, but yeah, we're going about our business quietly. We're two points off the top now and we're in the top four, which yeah. Champions League, we could potentially be in the last 16 at the week. So yeah, I mean, it's not all bad. It's not all doom and gloom. There's some definitely some promising signs, but yeah. United are cru- cruising along. So uh, we'll, we'll finish the, the Premier League roundup for now anyway. And if you know you want someone in the running order besides Spurs and Manchester United, because that's you know, Tom's banging on about Spurs all the time. United just, you know, had that game. By the way, shout out for Pogba's goal, which everyone's sort of written Pogba off, but he shows what he could do there. Very good goal. Unbelievable finish. Yeah. And the ball from Matt, Matt's through ball for Rashford for the just, last one. You've got quality. Yeah, there's a lot quality. there. I just always worry for me at the back. We look, we look always look like we're going to concede. Yeah. We, we don't look like we're going to keep a clean sheet really in any game, which is a worry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Neil Warnock, um, going, let's go around, we'll do the rounds a little bit of uh, the, the world football stories. Is this Humor. a world football story? We're a world football podcast. So That's right. Keep your times, mate. Yeah. So, Warnock, sticking in England. For, for anyone that doesn't know, Neil Warnock is the Middlesbrough manager, yeah. championship Middlesbrough. So, what's he been up to? He had a What's little bit, upset about. He had a bit of a rant this week, didn't he? It was amazing. It is funny. If you haven't seen this, we'll post a link on one of the social channels. Maybe Very Twitter. funny. He was, so uh, funny. he was a bit angry. So he's the Middlesbrough manager. They were playing away at Stoke. And after the game, I don't even know, did they win or lose? I'm assuming they must have lost. Doesn't matter, but yeah. He was annoyed, he was annoyed at the changing rooms that Stoke had provided. They basically put him in some like temporary, what do I call it, like a pop-up. Yeah, it's like a, I can't think of the name, like a chalet. Not I want to call it a caravan, but it's not. It's like a trailer, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said he wouldn't put animals in it, which sounds pretty drastic to start. Yeah. Um, one of his main points was that the toilets were all blocked, which I don't know what's happened there, because I can't imagine they were blocked when they showed up. So that's quite funny. Do you think that that's a strategy at the moment, though? So I was going to loop around to this. I, there's something in there, right? Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, he, was, he said there was fumes coming in from the generator outside. <laughs> he said there was no social distancing. He said it was disgusting. And he said, I don't know why we treat teams so well if this is the way they're going to treat us away from home, which is where I was going to spin it. Is, mm. What do you think? If you had your own, let's say, the Phoenix Pints, right? We build our own club, right? Yeah. Do we give the away team like a Ming-in changing room just as like, like a statement? Well, yeah. And you come here and it's not comfortable. Te- teams have said that they've done that, right? You put them in a, a dressing room and it's like dark or like basic. Yeah, yeah. Right underneath where the fans are, so it's loud and yeah. or cold. Like yeah. Not, the heat's turned off in there, mm-hmm. so they're chilly. They've got their jumpers. Yeah. It's a distraction from the game. I think those techniques back in the day used to be very much around. Yeah. I think they should still be around. I think they're probably still around at lower league level. Yeah, competitive right? advantage. Because right? if you go to Tottenham's new ground, they're not like that. The actual, be... the actual change room is very basic. They've yeah. got pegs on the wall. It's pegs to hang your stuff on because that's annoying because the kit man can't hang all the kit on one peg. So like, it's just little things like that that get you out of your rhythm, mm. that small details make a difference. So I like that. I Indeed. think uh, messing with the change rooms. If you've got any creative ways to mess with someone's change room, let us know. Yeah, get in touch on 
yeah, I, I think I would lean towards that sort of shithousery is fine. Yeah. It's part of it. It's competitive edge. Part of it. One of the dark arts, which we'll be touching on later. Yeah. yeah. The dark arts. So, so and another, another exciting piece of news, uh, Kaka, um, former uh, Brazilian midfield playmaking attacker, bit of everything. He's yeah. a great footballer. Yeah. Um, he played in a Sunday league game a while back. I love this story. He was playing in a Sunday league game and it was, at the time, the video showed Kaka like rolling the ball and he just bangs this ball into the top corner. And one of the lads on the Sunday league team give him a bollock and like, oh, you should have cut it back to me. And Kaka's like, no, I shouldn't. So it's just resurfaced on Twitter because this guy was talking about it on Twitter with his mate. Kaka weighs in and says, nah, I made the right choice. I shouldn't have cut it, put it back to you. I like that though. I like I like uh, players getting involved like that. The video is funny because he probably should have squared it. If it wasn't Kaka, yeah. nobody would have scored it. But right. he should have squared it. He didn't. And he stands by it. And I like that. A couple of years later, I'd be like, "Go on, then, keep talking shit. Let's have a let's have a go." And they're, yeah, and they're still arguing on Twitter about yeah. it. Like two guys that have, and he's offered him come, still, come, the, come compete with me. So he's yeah, he's thrown down the gauntlet now. Like, if you want to come back and like play with us, you can. But that's that's amazing. Imagine Kaka showing up at your Sunday league game. Pretty cool, isn't it? That would be amazing. If you could have any player show up for a Sunday league game, who would it be? Good question. What uh, position would you want to fill? If you're like a Sunday league team. Would you, what would you want? Would you want a centre back, a goalkeeper? I played with, uh, I played in uh, our New Year's game. We do, we do like an expat New Year's game. Yeah. On, uh, we've been doing it for years. I know you may have played in it. And we played England v Scotland one year. Yeah. And Paul Rideout, that used yeah. to play for Everton, was played it. it. Yeah. And they batted us that year at Tempe Sports he, Complex. He played in the centre midfield and just ran the game. So you could probably play a player of that level. Anywhere. There was a few defectors in that game, big if you remember. Defect, big time. All of a sudden, there was a yeah, few lads yeah, who were yeah. like, oh, my great uncle's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was huh? a little contentious, huh? wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, but, but anyway, you look at a player like that, of that level, you probably let them play anywhere they want, but in the midfield somewhere, in the centre mid. Striker? No. No. So I, listen, let's be real. Sunday League, everyone wants to play up front. Right. Everyone wants the ball. You want a unselfish good defender, a centre-back who just wins the ball and gives it to you. You don't want someone who's going to dribble everywhere and take all the shots. That's because boring. Nah, nah, you don't. You'd imagine, the, imagine you had like uh, Wayne Rooney on your Sunday league team. Like He'd be just scoring all the time. He'd never pass yeah, to him. He wouldn't, have, but he wouldn't have to pass to you. You'd never touch the ball. You'd be annoyed. You'd be like, oh, Wazza, give it here. Nah. Yeah, you'd be raging. No, nah, no, nah, I think it'd be sick amazing. of him. No, I think it'd be amazing. Like, Wazza, take a sub, mate. Come on. No, nah, I would leave him on all the time. And ja- I would never, ja- Jackie I, needs to get his minutes in. Come on. I would never want a pass from him. I'd just be like, shoot, mate. Don't give it to me. Just do your thing. Nah, so instead, you want fucking Eric Dyer showing up. I'll be out of Eric Dyer. Oh, God. <laughs> so, all right, fine. You got Kaka showing up or Eric Dyer? I want, a, I want oh, someone who's not going to take over the show. He's so full of Steal it. the limelight from that's, me. You know what I mean? bollocks. No chance. You want someone who's coming to be exciting that's just going to score worldies. But think how much we love when... Um... We, we've got like good defenders who just take care of business, clean up the work, and then just give you the ball. Boring. Yeah, that's fine in normal circumstances. Yeah, of course I want that. You're talking about like your fantasy situation think, 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 and you think, want a, a think sensible like, defender. Think of like Ricky, Ricky 2.0. Oh, Come on. You are, your ultimate fantasy, you want a sensible defender showing up. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, I'm not anyway. That. So that was quite funny, the caca thing. Yeah, that was funny. And uh, in other news, fans are back in stadiums, which we saw coming. So cool, wasn't it? We've got a couple of mixed opinions on this because 
I watched, I believe it was Wickham Wanderers and then uh, like I watched Wickham Wanderers, they were doing a lap of honour at the end and I thought that was really nice. Like it was, they, they were getting mm. cheered on and like, that felt really good. Cambridge, when the players came out, it was great to see and good feel atmosphere. Like. The big difference here is it's amazing in a smaller ground because it seems much fuller Yeah. because they don't get massive crowds anyway, yeah. generally, right? But like Chelsea, I thought it was so cringy because you could hear like sort of 20 fans just going, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> dull, is, it was so dull. It's terrible. And you, yeah, yeah, and you had a bit of a bones pick with Liverpool and Klopp. Why do they think they're so special all the time? Yeah, it's just who they are. In general, Klopp as well commented on it, but like Liverpool fans, oh, it was a good, like, you'll never walk alone before the game. Oh, goosebumps. Oh, it was so special. It was amazing. It's beautiful. Like, was it? I watched it. It wasn't. It wasn't special. It was 2,000 fans singing You Never Walk Alone pretty poorly, in my opinion. It wasn't like a big atmosphere. It wasn't like, oh, it's amazing. And also, it's their first game with fans since winning the league, and that was the best they could muster up. Mate, they, they love a false pretense of like how great they are. Yeah. Rubbish. It's the narrative, isn't it? I'm not it? having it. It's the narrative. Oh, it's so special. That wasn't special. It wasn't. You're not feeling it? Not at all. Why are you being so grumpy today? So that makes me grumpy, because I just think they're bloody... Oh, we've got the greatest fans. No, you don't. Suppose the top of the league. Well, you should be happier than you are right now. I'm quite happy. You're gonna be you're gonna be knocking Liverpool off for the title, mate. We're playing in two weeks, so it's gonna be funny when Liverpool win the league again. But by, by 15 points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Spurs, Spurs and Chelsea absolutely shit the bed sick, in January. Really. Yeah. But that, yeah, and then Klopp was like, "Oh, just he was like, oh, it was amazing and this and that." And he was like, "Are you just saying that? Yeah, be real." What I find interesting, and I don't know enough about it because I haven't really read into it too much, but some grounds have got like a lot of people and it's because England's doing like a tiered approach, right? So it's like tier two, they can have this many fans, tier three, based on your geography. Oh, really? So like in Manchester, they could have more fans than Liverpool or vice versa, but it was like different everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, so like different parts of the country, depending on where they're at with the COVID yeah. was the And the, the, the telling fans like, you're not allowed to excessively sing. Yeah. And stuff like that, and like, well, and I, I find it interesting. How you enforce that? The camera was like panning to the fans, and half of them just pulled mass the mask off. Yeah, and shout stuff they did it with Spurs. They did it with Spurs. Spurs yeah. were celebrating, and like half the fans didn't have masks on. I was like, oh, yeah. we get slapped for that. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, wanna, I guess it's like good to see fans back in there, but hopefully it maintains, and it's not just like uh, back to square one, back to MC. Because whichever way you spin it, it's nice to have fans back in grounds yeah. again. Because I, I had to do a bit of a double take. I was watching a Chelsea game and I listened to the sound and I thought, is that the artificial Sky Sports sound? Or is it <laughs> in the ground? But what I did find interesting that you could hear all the swearing going on. Yeah, you could hear a lot. Yeah, I yeah. talked about it last week. I wanted to hear the guy who was just like ripping into someone. Arlo White, who's the NBC commentator, he said uh, he was like apologising for people swearing every two minutes because <laughs> you could hear it so quickly. Quickly, just some guy just goes like, hey, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Brilliant! All little kids sat over watching oh, it. So I found that very, uh, very exciting. So we're going to get into uh, this week's hot topic now. Hot topic. Don't do the soundbite. Didn't say, did I? You wanted, though, don't you? Did want to. One then. Nope. All right. Still nothing. Dark arts of football is this week's hot topic. Hot topic. Okay, yeah, that was good though. That that was organic. That like the yeah. flow was good. Cool. It wasn't just you in the middle of it going hot topic. You just done it. Yeah, well, I mean... Anyway, I'm so we're talking about the dark arts of football this week. 
So um, what, what do you know? I, the what reason you know why is po- the dark the, arts. What do I know about <laughs> the dark arts? <laughs> yeah. Well, we took you talked to us about your hair pulling thing. He's a witch. And and yeah. I got a, a message, and someone told me that they had suggested that a kid try it. Brilliant. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. What age is the kid? Shouldn't be influenced. Fourteen ish. You shouldn't be influencing people like this. Don't know if it work it in an under fourteen game. How, how much armpit hair is around in an under fourteen game? Don't know. I don't know. You're the coach. No idea. Yeah, yeah. Not sure a coach should know that. Yeah, no. Anyway, definitely not. Um, yeah, the dark arts. So that's something for me this week that kind of stood out in a lot of different games. So why did you bring this up? So I've seen it happen a lot. I mean, so we didn't talk about Sheffield United Leicester. Obviously, a big three points for Leicester as well. They're still floating around, maybe under the radar as well. They're beating a bottom of the table, Sheffield United, with a 90th-minute goal. Hang on. Well, at what point are teams just not quietly going about their business? They're just going about their business. Because that's like every team that you've given an example of is quietly going about their business. All right. <laughs> well, Spurs are loudly going or about their business. Or under the radar. All the lights on Spurs at the moment. So. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not, none of no. these teams are under the radar. Spurs aren't they're quietly. They're just playing well. All right. Glad you got that off your chest. Yeah, continue. Yeah. So, Sheffield United and you Leicester. May continue. Leicester, yeah, thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield United, who are one point in the table, right. getting a draw against a good Leicester team mm. at home, 90th minute, strike, Vardy breaks through, centre-back, puts his hands up in the air to indicate he's not trying to trip Vardy, doesn't trip Vardy, Vardy goes through, scores 2-1, brilliantly slide tackles the corner flag, which I love as a celebration, smash it to pieces, and Leicester win 2-1, Sheffield United up with no points. Why is he not decided, just grab him, pull him down, swipe his legs, pull his shirt, whatever I've got to do to stop this, it'll be a free kick 35 yards from goal, I'll probably get a red card, but my club will pick up a point today at home. You would rather your player do that? Yeah, 100%. What about integrity? What do you mean integrity? Oh, well, you know, just like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't foul someone. Like, this, it's in the game, you, like, you used to like professional, fellow professional, you shouldn't be kicking Is, someone. Isn't there a consequence for the foul? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. So, so you, wait, you wait up the consequence versus the action? Yeah, hey, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying it, you're a coach, you coach kids. Would you teach a child to technically cheat? I don't think you teach a child that, but once the game becomes competitive and it is about wins and losses, mm. then yes, it is part of the game. So you're saying that he should have just ripped him down, yep. hopefully take the draw, mm-hmm. and he would have been a hero. All day. Yeah. Because look at other scenarios where stuff like that has happened. You think Chris Wilder would have given him a bollocking? No. No? Might have got a bonus out of it. He would have given him a handshake. Might have got a bonus. Might have got like a, here's an extra 10 grand. Great job. Sean Dyche interestingly said afterwards that football is becoming a non-contact sport. By the way, Sean Dyche has nothing to do with either of those two teams. He said after the Burnley game that football was becoming a non-contact sport. Yeah. It's moving that direction. Do you think it's happening? Moving more that direction. Any contact is now like... Yeah. Well, you look at who got a penalty. Who was it? The penalty. It was a Chelsea penalty, I think, mm. um, against Leeds. Yeah. Where he literally got brushed, barely touched, and he went down. And it's just so like now contact, even if it's not influential, contact is contact. If you touch someone, if I brush your leg like that, you're going down. It's a pen because I've now interfered with you in some way. I think that's ridiculous. It should be enough. Like it should be that like impactful that it actually brings you down like so, so I, I agree with you to play devil's advocate the argument that i've heard given back to this before is players are playing at such high speed now that sometimes it's very easy to get knocked over with really minimal contact 
So I heard Gareth Bale say it years, this is years ago. Gareth Bale's running at such high speed and he was caught, getting called out for diving. He said, I didn't dive. He said, but you've got to understand that if you're going at that speed, if someone just knocks you slightly, you're going to get knocked over, right? So I think for me, a lot of it is the, the fouls we're seeing. Players aren't moving it high speed on a yeah, sprint like jack it's, grealish it's, last it, week when he's yeah, fucking diving around it, 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 it's a little cut to the right from a dead stop and then yeah. it's jumping in the air and like wait a minute physically you don't go up when you get kicked like it doesn't work like that so that that but dark arts going back to it it that's what wins you games gets you points so i would have had the Sheffield united lad yes foul him you look at Years ago, World Cup Suarez. That might have been 2010, actually, as well. Was 2010. Where, where, where he handballs it on the line in the quarterfinal against Ghana and gets Uruguay to a World Cup semi-final. Yeah. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry for France. Put them into a World Cup yeah. by handling the ball line. Nobody looks back at him unless you're Irish and says, oh, Henry's an absolute dick for that. Everyone's like, well, he got his team to a World Cup. He did what he needed to do. The consequence was, but there wasn't a consequence now. that situation was like, because he was called. Yeah. But like, Suarez got sent off. Penalty for Ghana. They could have won the game. They still had the opportunity to win it. Missed the pen, and now he's a hero. So he gave his team a chance, a life, a life best. So, you know, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Party. Thomas Party came off against Arsenal. We touched on it there. 44th minute, he's injured. Starts walking off to the halfway line, and Spurs get on the counter, and all of a sudden Arteta's trying to push him back on the pitch because it's a 4v2 to make it a 4v3. And why has why he not just stood in the middle of the pitch, right? Just stand there, even if you're injured. Stand there and maybe, maybe you can shuffle three or four yards each way. Maybe as Sonny's running past him, maybe he, he knows he's coming off. Maybe he just grabs Son's shirt and wrestles him to the ground and he gets a yellow card, but he's getting subbed off anyway because he's injured. And now Spurs don't score to go two night right for the half time. Like that's a, that's a mentality for me. And that's where you look at Spurs now, where he asks Spurs to be intelligent C words in his documentary. And that, that's what he means by that. That's the dark arts. That's little things that add up over time. So like the party one blew my mind. Like, why has he, he gone off to the side of the pitch? Just stand there. Maybe the ball, maybe someone takes a heavy touch and it ends up with your toes and you just kick it away. Well, I, I agree with you on that. I think that was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the manager, when a manager has to push on like you're a child yeah. at a football match, it's Instant. disgraceful. And then it, that, that, that's ridiculous. But I think there may be a bit of a contradiction in it somewhat, right? Especially going back to our Maradona chat last week with the handball, the hand of God, right? And you talk about Thierry Henry and Suarez. I know that all of those examples are intentional handballs. So uh, would you be okay with your team doing that? Let's say Tottenham won the Champions League and Harry Kane blocks a shot on the line with his hand and whoever misses a penalty in Tottenham win the Champions League, you're okay with that? It's a deliberate handball? Yeah. In the, in the, in the 88th yeah. minute? Yeah, to, to, and he slaps it off the line? Yep. <laughs> but you're saying you're okay with you, you would encourage the foul of Vardy going through a goal this is my point about integrity it's, it's not the same thing but it's the same conversation still well, no 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 no. It, it, it depends on the stakes of the line in the moment right you talk like the, the Sheffield United one it's in the last minute that makes it a bit of a grey area of course it's a grey area it's not black and white is it <laughs> so, otherwise so, everyone would be doing it so you're, so you're not okay well, you wouldn't be okay with one of your players handballing it even if it meant Tottenham won the Champions League I didn't say I wouldn't be okay with it yeah. I'd be like a hey, dirty butt but there's the butt isn't there or, or Suarez, Suarez Suarez it's, it's wrong he shouldn't have done it but he got his team to a World Cup semi-final right. there's the weight of the risk versus reward right the action versus the consequence right yeah, I don't know. It's a really tough one. So what about one of your kids 
is in the state cup, whatever the tournament is, and the ball bounces through, she or he handles the ball to push it into a position where they score Thierry Henry style. You're okay with no, that? No, I think that, that, that age is about development, so it's not all about winning. So in that moment, no, it's the wrong thing to do. Okay. If he's now going to go play for a major league team and he's going to be a pro, it's a different animal because you're mm. playing for a different reason. Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one because I, I think if it's within the realm of the game, that also includes the dark arts. So the dark arts have to be a part of the game because it's just the nature of football. 100%. I, I, I think I'm not saying I'm all, all for it. I'm not about the rolling around of the cheating and the diving, but there is a element of the game that you have to play to, to be a winner. That's the difference between teams winning and losing. My opinion. Hmm. That's why Sheffield United at the bottom of the table. Cause the center back didn't want to bring someone down to stop a goal. All right. Well get in touch with your thoughts, listeners, on your, the thoughts of dark arts in football. And if you think that it's good, bad, ugly, Write right, a book about this, the dark arts. The dark arts, yeah. dark arts of life. Ooh, yeah. go on. Oof, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot there. Don't go on. No, we won't talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, not that topic. No, that's not. That's that's another hot topic for another time. So that's the end of today's segment. Hot topic. Hot topic. You got anything to weigh in? Shoot us an email. Hello at healthyobsession.soccer. Maybe on social. Is that the email address? Yeah. Hello at. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard you announce that. I, is that, is that... I always forget to. Is this the first time it's been announced? Yeah. Hey. Hello, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> at healthyobsession.soccer. Yeah. Nice, dot nice, soccer. That's a nice email address. Where do you get a dot soccer? Don't worry about it. The dark arts of the internet. Let's definitely not go down that rabbit hole, my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, don't you do on the internet. We're not, going, we're not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not touching that kiwi. That sounds weird. That's people weird. from New Zealand. You need to stop talking for a few minutes. Yeah, time yeah. out. Yeah, You're time muted. Out. Time out. All right, give us your final thought. Final thought. Okay, I, I mentioned this to you the other day, but I want to get the, the listener's opinion on this. And it goes two, two ways. So I was, I was at a petrol gas station the other day. Mm. Went to grab a quick drink in between coaching some games. And there was like three, four people approaching the door at the same time as me. And I was, you know, I was ahead of them. So I was, you know, nice guy. Opened up the door for the first person to walk through. He sort of walks in and like steps between me and puts his arm on the door to hold it open for himself and then walks through the door. And like, almost like shuts it behind him for the other three of us outside the shop. And I was like, ah, like, is he having a laugh? And like, really? Like, I've, held, I've opened it for him. And then he's just opened it and almost like pulled it shut behind him. So that was the first part of it. Final thought, like, what's the right thing to do in that scenario? Not necessarily holding the door open for others. Cause I know there's that gray area where someone's like 10 feet away and you're like, mm. like 10 yards. You're like, what's your personal awkward. threshold? What's the distance? Yeah. I think they've got to be within like, I don't know. I hold it over for people quite far away, to be honest. I'm probably that, it's a time thing. I'm that awkward guy yeah. who's like, you're too far, but I'm going to hold it anyway. Yeah, it's awkward. I'm like, hurry up. It's a time thing. It's yeah. 10 seconds. Wait, you'd hold a door open for 10 seconds? Yeah, if you're not 10 seconds behind me, then... That's quite a long time, 10 seconds, mate. Oh, really. Think about it. Yeah. Nah. Let's do 10 seconds of silence. Okay. See? No, no that was about eight seconds. That's not bad at all. Though. That was a long time. So you're saying it should be five seconds. I'm too generous. Yeah, I think it's too long. All right, so I'll go to, I'll go to five seconds yeah. now. See how it goes. All right. So, so that's number one. Okay. Um, which I thought was just like one of those awkward, like social things. Well, and, and I think, I can't remember who gave the uh, analogy, but it was like, you can tell a lot by someone about what they do with their shopping trolley after they go to the grocery store. 
always put it back in the car thing. Right, if you, right. But the, this, the point was that this thing was like, you could tell a lot about someone that just leaves their thing, like, because it's a communal thing and it's a guy who's got to put them back and you could just do the right thing and put your cart back because you know a guy's going to have to come and collect all the carts instead, like, you know. You so just, I, I heard someone have an argument. It's that, the same with the door. I, I heard someone have an argument that they leave their cart because that keeps the guy in a job. That's bullshit. That's like throwing, saying you throw your rubbish everywhere. It's, yeah, because there's a binman. <laughs> yeah, bollocks. I mean, now, I always put, I go out of my way to yeah. put a cart in back in the thing. But I, I think it's the same thing with the, the door holding though. It's like, it just shows who you are as a person. Are you being considerate of the other person that's coming next to you or behind you? I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any etiquette things in football? That like obviously you have a handshake after the game, yeah. which have maybe gone away a little well, bit now. I don't now even know of, anymore you've because you've just said like cheating's all right in the last portion of the show. Yeah, so. but once the game's all said and done, you still shake hands, don't you? Yeah. Even yeah, but do you think the I'm I, not talking about just Ireland, being a scumbag for the scumbags' sake? Do you think Ireland want to shake hands? Are we saying after he cheated in the World Cup? Or Mexico players are from Robin after he dived? After he dived in the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah, maybe Fuck not. That. Yeah, good point. I won't be shaking. So where's the boundaries? So what are, the, what are the lines of etiquette? Or is it having the toilets blocked at Stoke? Do you reckon they actually went and blocked the toilets? I think they fuck, Can't be real. I think they fuck with it for There's sure. no way they went like, like to like bob the groundsman like, oh, go do your business in there and like I think they just clog it, it up. fucking awful for them. Yeah. You think? Yes. But what, are, what other etiquette is there for? Are you talking about like pub football? Are you talking about just football at large? I mean, pub football, is there any etiquette? Because like in the UK, after like lower league games, like in the pub afterwards, like the home team puts on a spread, like a bit of a buffet, mm. like come and eat with us. Like, oh, it's great. Good fun. No, unless here it's more, you go for a quick handshake afterwards, but that's it. Yeah. There's not really any other etiquette out So is there any etiquette that people would like to see brought into the game? Yeah. Or less etiquette? Less friendship. Yeah, I think they should probably probably get rid of any sort of anthems before games. Crap music. Don't like any of that. You get rid of the Champions League anthem. Yes. Really. One hundred percent. It will never happen because it's branding. But yeah, it's rubbish. It's just like it's shit. You don't I, think as a player you ooh, want to stand? Ooh, you don't think one. as a player no. you would be motivated to stand out there for the Champions League anthem? That's part of it. I, I've got one that's definitely a grind my gears. Go on, etiquette. I hate the fact that players shake hands before the game because they always stand in the tunnel next to each other talking and, hey, Howdy how are you doing? High fives. And then they make them line up again and then handshake again. Like, well, it's just overkill. That, that's a sign of etiquette that we need to get rid of. Just get them on the pitch and get them playing. I know we're running out of time here, but mm. Klopp left Jota out of the team against uh, Wolves this weekend because mm. his concern was that Jota would be very friendly, friendly, because he's a nice guy with the Wolves players before the game. In the warm-up, they're like, hey, you know, seeing each other in the tunnel, they're having chats, they're catching up. He's a little bit emotional, you know, yeah, as my yeah. mate I've been with for the last two, three years. Yeah. And he felt like that would put him in a tough situation to then be all buddy-buddy before the game, catching up, and then go against them in, in battle. I, I get that, but I also think that that is sort of questioning Jota's, like, professionalism. Like, I play for you now. I don't play for them anymore. Obviously, Klopp deals with this guy, yeah. knows who he is. I don't. But I would say that that's questioning his professionalism. I think it's a human thing. I also, but I also think that it's like, no, nah, I, th- I think like, look, you play for us now. I want to beat my old teammates. I want to beat them now. It's my new team. I want to destroy you. Interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting. All right, well, this is the end of today's show. We'll be back on Thursday. 
and go back and listen to last week's show if you missed it. Sam Kelly was well, great at conversation about Argentinian football, specifically about Maradona. So that show is available from last week. Be back on Thursday morning. And in the meantime, you can get with us at the email address, which is Tom, you want to read? Hello. That? Hello. At small, uh, healthy obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Hello at healthy obsession dot soccer. Yep, uh, on social media, a healthy obsession. <laughs> 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 I, I can't do it. Small goal soccer. <laughs> 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 on social media, uh, a healthy underscore obsession. And you can email with anything. We're going to have question of the week going out. I forgot to post that last week. Tag us in a kiwi-related material. Yeah, if you like kiwi fruit, so you don't. I mean, it's interesting. It's a weird fruit. Run a poll. We're do not, people like kiwis? Not to trust kiwi fruits. They're, they're just untrustworthy. Oh, I've lost the plot here. All right, Thanks for listening, everyone. Thomas, thank the listeners because, you know, they're the ones that make your career in audio. It's got a jingle bell. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye.